in the world of freedom. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Ich bin ein Berliner. This is Radio Goethe Magazine with Arndt Peltner. News and information from the heart of Europe. Hello and welcome to Radio Goethe Magazine. I'm Arndt Peltner. In today's show you will hear the first part of a historic hearing before the Committee on Un-American Activities. So stay tuned. First, the news by a snuffy Nina Paula. Radio Goethe Magazine. The news with Nina Paula. Berlin. Germany is the second EU nation to suggest it could resettle Guantanamo prisoners if President-elect Obama is serious about closing the camp. A spokesman for Foreign Minister Frank-Walter Steinmeier told the news magazine Der Spiegel that he was working on the legal problems personally. The Interior Minister of Hamburg pointed out that the cases would have to be handled one by one. Germany cannot become a country where terrorists from all over the world are simply shunted, he said. But a prisoner who is probably innocent and not dangerous, Germany can look into accepting him, he said. Berlin Germany is to ban the cannabis-like drug called Spice. New studies of the herbal drug had shown that a synthetic material was used in its production. The chemical was found to be four times stronger than THC, the natural psychoactive substance contained in cannabis. Spice contains even several other unknown elements which could be harmful when smoked. Up to now the drug was sold free in Germany. Berlin. Germany's Foreign Minister Frank-Walter Steinmeier wants the government to create incentives for people to buy cars. The government also needed to prepare an aid package for German car makers suffering under the global economic downturn, he said. One in seven German workers is directly or indirectly involved in the car industry. The car business is Germany's largest industry and biggest export. New car registrations in Germany fell 18% in November against figures from the same month last year. Berlin Germany needs a formal council of elder statesmen, the former finance minister Theo Weigel says. This council should advise on problems such as the looming recession, he says. It should include ex-leaders such as the 90-year-old Helmut Schmidt and Helmut Kohl, who is 78. The idea was inspired by Britain's House of Lords. Such a forum could help counter general disenchantment with politics because people would listen to their veteran leaders. Potsdam. Climate change is happening more rapidly than imagined up to now, a German scientist warns. He heads the Potsdam Institute for Research on Global Warming Effects and acts as an advisor to German Chancellor Angela Merkel on climate change issues. Now he warns that previous predictions about climate were too optimistic. The Arctic Sea is melting more quickly than expected. There are also signs that the entire climate pattern at the North Pole has been disrupted to the extent of causing irreversible change. The German writer Bertolt Brecht, who fled Nazi Germany for a safe haven in the United States, 
was one of 41 Hollywood writers, directors, actors and producers who were subpoenaed before the House Committee for Un-American Activities. The witch hunt for communists in the US was on. On October 30, 1947, Bertolt Brecht appeared before the committee, although he first refused to participate in a hearing like this. The following is part one of the original recording. The second part will be aired next week. Somehow, this audio document is timeless. Bertolt Brecht. Mr. Brecht, will you stand, please, and raise your right hand. You solemnly swear the testimony you're about to give is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth to help you, God. Sit down, please. Mr. Brecht, will you please state your full name and present address for the record, please? Speaking to the microphone. My name is Bertolt Brecht. I'm living at the 34th West 73rd Street, New York. I am born, born in Augsburg, Germany, February the 10th, 1898. Uh, uh, Mr. Brack, uh, uh, the committee has a Would you give the date again? Uh, 10th of February, 98. Uh, Mr. Chairman, the committee has here uh, an, an interpreter, if you desire, the use Thank of an interpreter. You. Thank you. Would you like an interpreter? You desire an interpreter? Yes, uh, I, I think you, uh, yes, uh, when you could help me when uh, uh, I need to. Uh, where are you employed, Mr. Bumgarten? Now, Mr. Breck, will you state to the committee whether or not you are a citizen of the United States? I'm not a citizen of the United States. I have, uh, States. I have only my first papers. Now, when did you acquire your first papers? In uh, 41, when I came into the country. Uh, when did you arrive in the United States? May I? I arrived in July uh, 21st at uh, San Pedro. July the 21st, 1941? That's right. At San Pedro, California? Yeah. Uh, you were born in Augsburg, Bavaria, Germany on February the 10th, 1888, is that correct? Yeah. I'm reading from the immigration records. Yeah. I think the witness said he tried to say 98. Yes, yeah, so I wondered if uh, whether or not the immigration records were correct in that. Or is it 98 or 98. Were you issued a, a quota immigration visa by the American Vice Consul on May 3rd, 1941 at Helsinki, Finland? That's correct. 
You entered this country on that visa? Yeah. Where had you resided prior to going to Helsinki, Finland? Uh, may I may I read my statement? In that statement, I have... Uh, well, first, uh, Mr. Brecht, we're trying to identify you. The yes. identification won't be very long. I had, uh, I had to leave Germany uh, 33 in February when Hitler took power. Then I went to Denmark, but when war seemed imminent, then 39, I had to leave uh, for Sweden, Stockholm. I remained there for one year. Then Hitler invaded Norway and Denmark, and I had to leave Sweden, and I went to Finland there to wait for my visa for the United States. Now, Mr. Bright, what is your occupation? I am a playwright and a poet. Playwright and poet? Yeah. Uh, where are you presently employed? I'm not employed. Uh, were you ever employed in the motion picture industry? Yeah, I, yeah. I sold uh, a story to a Hollywood firm. <coughs> Uh, Hangman also died, but I did not write the screenplay myself. I'm not a professional screenplay writer. I wrote another story for a Hollywood firm, but that uh, story was not produced. Uh, the Hangman also died. Uh, who did you sell that to? What studio? That was to, uh, I think, uh, an independent firm, Pressburger, at uh, United Artists. United Artists? Yeah. Uh, are you familiar with Hans Eisler or Johannes Eisler? Yeah. How long have you known Johannes Eisler? I think since the uh, middle of the 20s, uh, 20, 20 years or so. Have you collaborated with him on a number of works? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Breck, are you a member of the Communist Party, or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? May I read my statement? I'll answer this question. May I read, but may I read my statement? Uh, would you submit your right. statement to the Let's chairman, please? Mr. Breck, the committee is carefully going over the statement. It's a very interesting story of uh, German life, but it's not at all pertinent to this inquiry. Therefore, we do not care to have you read the statement. Now, I'll, I'll repeat the original question. Uh, are you now, have you ever been a member of the Communist Party of any country? <clears throat> Mr. Chairman, I have heard uh, my colleagues uh, uh, and they considered this question 
not as proper, but I am a guest in this country and do not want to enter in any legal arguments, so I will answer your question fully as well I can. I was not a member or am not a member of any Communist Party. You have never been a member of the Communist Party. That is correct. You, you were not a member of the Communist Party for Germany? No, I was not. Uh, Mr. Bright, is it true that you have written a number of very revolutionary poems, plays, and other writings? I have uh, written a number of poems and songs and plays in the fight against Hitler and, of course, they can be considered, therefore, as revolutionary because I, of course, was for the overthrow of that government. But, Mr. we're not interested in yeah. any works that he might have written uh, calling for the overthrow of Germany yes, or the government there. Uh, well, from an examination of the works which Mr. Breck has written, particularly in collaboration with Mr. Hans Eisler, uh, he seems to be a person of international importance to the communist revolutionary movement. Now, Mr. Breck, uh, is it true or do you know whether or not you have written articles for which have been... There's going to be another fall here pretty soon, so will you boys just sit down quietly, please, while we're... Go ahead. Have you written articles uh, which have appeared in uh, publications in the Soviet zone of Germany within the past few months? I have, no, I do not remember to have written such articles. I have not seen any of them printed. I have not written such articles just now. I write very few articles, if any. I have here, Mr. Chairman, a, a document which I'll hand to the translator and ask him to, uh, to uh, identify it for the committee and to refer to an article which appears on page 72. When did you write that? Oh, may I speak to that, to that uh, publication? Beg your pardon? May I explain this? Uh, yes, we, we will identify the publication. Oh, yes. That uh, is not an article. That is a scene out of a play I wrote in, I think, 1937 or 1938 in Denmark. The play is uh, called Private Life of the Master Race, and this scene is one of the scenes out of this play 
about a Jewish woman in Berlin in the year of 36 or 37. It uh, was, I see, printed in this magazine Ost und West. Uh, Mr. Translator, would you uh, tr translate the front piece of the magazine, please? East and West Contributions to Cultural and Political Questions of the Time, edited by Alfred Kantorowicz. K-A-N-T-O-R-O-W-I-C-Z. Berlin, July 1947, first uh, year of publication and price. Uh, Mr. Brecht, do you know the gentleman who is the editor of the publication whose name was just read? Yes, I know him from Berlin and I met him in New York again. You know him to be a member of the Communist Party of Germany? Uh, when I met him in Germany, I think uh, he was a journalist in the Ullstein Press, that is a, not, a, not a communist, uh, was not communist, there were no communist organ, uh, papers, so I do not know exactly whether he was a member of the Communist Party of Germany. You don't know whether he was a member of the Communist Party or not? I don't know, no. If no, I don't know. Uh, in 1930, uh, did you with Hans Eisler write a play entitled D-I-E, capital M-A-S-S-N-A-H-M-E? Uh, Die Maßnahme. Did you write such a play? Yes, yes. Now, would you explain to the committee the theme of that play? What it dealt yeah. with? Yeah, I tried to. Uh, first, that, explain what the title means. The uh, Maßnahme means... Measures to be taken, steps to be taken. Would it, would, could it mean disciplinary measures? Not disciplinary measures. No. <coughs> it means in these uh, measures to be taken. Speak here on the microphone. It uh, means only uh, measures or steps to be taken. All right. Uh, you tell the committee now, Mr. Yeah. Craig, what this play dealt with. Yeah. This play is the adaptation of an old religious Japanese play, so-called no play, and, on, and and follows quite closely this old story, which shows the devotion for an idea until death. What was that idea, Mr. Briggs? The idea in the old day was a religious idea, the, uh, these uh, 
some uh, pupils, young people. But didn't it have to do with the Communist Party? Yes, it's a new... within the Communist Party. Yes, yes, a new, a new place, adaptation. Had to do, uh, had as a background, Russia, China of the 18, years 18 or 19 or so. Uh, there, uh, some communists, uh, ag uh, agitators, uh, went to uh, the, so uh, the Russia, which then was not a state and had no real... Uh, Mr. Brecht, limit. may I interrupt you? Would yes. you consider the play to be pro-communist or anti-communist? Or did it take a neutral position regarding communism? No. I would say... You see, in... Uh, you see, literature has the right and the duty to give to the public the ideas of the time. Now, in this play, of course, I wrote about 20 plays, but in this play, I tried to express the feelings and the ideas of the German workers who then fought against Hitler, I also formulated in uh, a uh, artistic, but in a positive Hitler. way. Fighting against Hitler, did you say? Yeah. Written in 1930. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That uh, fight uh, started in 20, uh, 23. You say it was, it's about China, though. Has nothing to do with Germany? No, it had nothing Let to do with Let me read some of the excerpts Germany. from it. Yeah. Throughout the play, reference is made in a laudatory fashion to the teachings of Lenin, the, quote, ABC of communism, end quote, and the activities of Chinese Communist Party in general. The following are excerpts from the play. The four agitators, quote, we came from Moscow as agitators. We were to travel the city of Mukden to spread propaganda and to create in the factories the Chinese party. We were to report to party headquarters closest to the border and to requisition a guide. There in the ante room, a young comrade came toward us and spoke of the nature of our mission. We are repeating the conversation. The, the young comrade. I am the secretary of the party headquarters, which is the last towards the border. My heart is beating for the revolution. The witnessing of wrongdoing drove me into the lines of the fighters. Man must help man. I am for freedom. I believe in mankind. And I am for the rules of the Communist Party, which fights for the classless society against exploitation and ignorance. The two of us have to defend the revolution here. Surely you have a letter to us from the Central Committee which tells us what to do. The three agitators. So it is, we bring you nothing, but across the border, the mutton we bring to the Chinese workers, the teachings of the classics and of the propagandists, the ABC of communism, to the ignorant the truth about their situation, to the oppressed class conscious, and to the class conscious, the experience of revolution, 
From you, we shall requisition an automobile and a guide. The four agitators. We went as Chinese to Mukden, four men and a woman, to spread propaganda and to create the Chinese party throughout the teachings of the classics of the propagandists, the ABC of communism, to bring truth to the ignorant about their situation, the oppressed, class conscious, the class conscious, the experience of the revolution. The individual has two. The party has a thousand eyes. The party sees seven states. The party has many hours. The party cannot be destroyed, for it fights with the methods of the classics, which are drawn from the knowledge of reality and are destined to be changed in that the teachings spread through the masses. Who, however, is the party? It is sitting in a house with telephones, and its thoughts secrets, its resolutions unknown. Who is it? It is all of us. We are the party. You and I, all of you, all of us. In your suite, it is comrade. In your head, it thinks. Where I, wherever I live, there it is home. And wherever you are attacked, there it fights. Now, Mr. Breck, would you tell the committee whether or not one of the characters in this play was murdered by his comrades because it was in the best interest of the party. Is that true, of the Communist Party? Uh, no, it is not uh, not quite. Uh, because so he violated discipline, he was no, murdered by his comrades. Isn't that true? No, that is not uh, not really so in the play. You will find when you read it carefully that like in the old Japanese play where other ideas were at stake, the young man who died uh, was convinced that he had done damage to the mission he believed in, and he, agree, uh, he agreed to that and was ready to die in order not to make greater that damage. So he asks his comrades to help him and all of them together help him to die. He jumps into a abyss and they lead him uh, tenderly to that abyss and that's the story. Well, well, I gather from your remarks, from your answer that he was just killed, he wasn't murdered. He wanted to die. So they killed him? No, they did not kill him, not in this story. They, he killed himself, they supported him. But, of course, they had told him it were better when he disappeared. <laughs> for him and his, for him and them and the cause he also believed in. The, end. the entire recording is available through Smithsonian Folkways. You can find us and our free podcast online at radiogoethe.org. Thanks for listening. I'm Arndt Peltner.
Marschieren im Reich in seinen Reihen. 